broke into the wrong goddamn rec room, didn't you, you bastard? You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve, and this is a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And guys, are you ready for our Halloween episode? You fucking betcha. Woo! It's a long time coming. We are ready to bring it. Brad is wearing his vampire costume. What do you mean costume? <laughs> this is how I normally dress. Is the the kid, does, the, does your daughter have a, a costume ready to go? She's going to be Barbie. That's all she talks about. Mm, that's I mean, hey, that's the age, right? She's a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. She's actually she was wearing like a tie dye shirt today that looked like the the the, the shirt, the sweater that uh, the sweatshirt that Ken is wearing. And she got really offended. She got really offended <laughs> when I asked her if that was a Ken shirt. She's like, I would never wear a Ken shirt. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that was a you thing. can wear a Ken shirt. I'm never going to wear a Ken shirt. Say nevers already, huh? She's got a whole yeah. life ahead of her. My kid got to pick his own costume, and in his second birthday, he was obsessed with buses, but now he is obsessed with dragons. Fuck yeah, dude. Okay, buses so dragons. is it the four-legged dragons? Is it the four-legged dragons or the anatomically correct two-legged dragons from Game of Thrones? Uh, two dra- two-legged dragons. Okay, right good. Now. Good. He's got yeah. the right. He's at the right mindset there. It's regional differences, Brad. That's true. Sounds like you hate those Asian dragons. Yeah, you're just loving those European conquerors, right? <laughs> no response. You hear that? You shut him down, Chris. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking we are watching Rain of Fire one day. You know, I've told people about that movie and there, there's an awful lot of younger people, you know, like in their 20s that have never heard of that. Of course they haven't. Tribal tattoos, dragons, England. Tribal tattoos. Matthew McConaughey just like jacked. Oh, it's he's a, nuts in that. I love it's, I think it's a great film. Well, just look at this cast. You got Christian Bale and Michael McConaughey. Just those two guys alone are going to just bring mm-hmm. it to 11. And that's just even more. It's like, let's throw some dragons in there. Like A post-apocalyptic dragon world set in the modern day. Yeah. What? <laughs> I checks, see nothing yeah. wrong with that. They're checks fighting every dragons box. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, that is cool. It's like the Gen X millennial, like, grounded in reality dragon utopia is that what we're yes. making there yeah it's like dragon heart but if dragons wanted to murder you mm-hmm. there might even be like a mud vein or slipknot on there too in the soundtrack. I fucking hope so. <laughs> oh there's got to be not, some type of new metal somewhere on i'm it. playing the entire ld50 album front <laughs> to back while i watch it next time <laughs> <laughs> all right we're actually watching trimmers for this halloween everyone <laughs> which is also a great movie we are completing our franchise. <laughs> it's it's devoid of new metal, though. It is. It really is. It does have a Reba McIntyre song, though. Yeah, she gets does. the credit song. Who is very talented, but just not really our genre. I think she's great. All the way up to 9-11 country and then uh, country revival war having. I enjoy. You mean like uh, ride a cowboy, save a horse no what, i mean when they go called? back to uh drug abuse hating the cops and murder okay. yeah i like that throwing some infidelity and that's real country music right there kind of the dirty gritty country music yeah that's what i like a bunch of punk and hardcore kids and grindcore they all got older it's gonna really bother me that i can't remember the name of that song i know this has nothing to do with what you guys are talking about what is it right right uh save a horse ride a cowboy that's it right yeah. By Big and Rich, yeah. Finally, I know my shit. Not Big really. and that's Rich like, did that. Yeah, and that's the kind of the guys like people would listen to them for the first time. And be like, I'm a country music fan now. Nineties pop country is pretty gold, though. I'll take your guys' word for it. I mean, I'm sure I've heard plenty of them. I just can't remember any of them. You got friends in low places. You got some yeah. Garth Brooks and Dunn. You got Travis Tritt. Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson. Yeah. Bo Cephas. Which I don't think this movie could afford all those songs. No, no. <laughs> it, it was the time period, though. Yeah, I would say, yeah, 1990. 
even though the the uh, director of the fourth one would really like you to know that this movie took place in 1989. It's one of the funniest things about when we're it, it's very difficult since if anyone, if this is the first one that you're joining on, we've done tremors four, three, two, one. We've done it in reverse order just to make something fun and have tremors on our Halloween episode. Uh, it has been very difficult to do this because every time I want to say something, I have to go like, well, we'll go into more of it when we get to that movie, because like, it's just really hard to reverse your mind on it. Yeah. For me. And normally humans think, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Chronologically. Chronologically. Yeah. yeah and, but we're not smart enough to do it backwards. Maybe someone smarter than us could pull it off, but not. I was talking to somebody at work about this. He's like, you guys are like mystery science theater. And I was like, not really. No, but I was explaining we're going backwards. And he was like, well, that sounds dumb. Are you watching <laughs> them backwards? And I was like, yeah. Yep. Yes, I am. <laughs> that way, like, I don't have a great memory. Two weeks between movies, I'll forget everything. Well, that's why I watched this movie. I like rewatched it on Sunday night. Uh, I skipped the football game and I just watched Tremors. And that's well, a smart man. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm ready to go on this one. We are ready to jump into this. But uh, Brad, why don't you uh, tell them what uh, Tremors is brought to us by? It's brought to us by no one. Our accountant said uh, every minute we're on the air, we're costing, costing, it's costing somebody money. So, um, yeah, we don't have a sponsor this week. Oh, man, we didn't get our own sponsor back. Our own company dropped us. That's that's how you celebrate the Halloween episode is when your pyramid scheme fails, not because there wasn't enough people coming in. It was just too expensive to run the ad. We really fucked up, guys. Yeah, yeah we were making sure we paid ourselves a oh, little too so. much. Well, I think the real problem was that this didn't work is because you did the pyramid scheme on me and then I did it on Brad and then Brad turned around and doubled it up on you. And yeah, we never went lower. We just we did a circle. We really should have like gone outside of our circle, which according to our. Uh... Oh, shit. What is this streaming thing we use? Uh, Podbean. Yeah, Pod... no, it. I'm looking at you on it right now. Oh, you're talking about StreamYard. Yeah, StreamYard. Uh, it is a triangle. So you just yeah. went in a vicious triangle back and forth. But according to our analytics, all of us were, were doing a good job selling the product. To each other, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The problem was we weren't making any money. Well, you have to have friends to sell this to, and that's strike two and three right there. Where are your friends at, Brad? Well, I mean, they're probably dead or in an old folks home. So in low places where the whiskey flows and the beer chases. You went with the Garth Brooks jokes and I went with like he's old joke, even though he's not that much older than me. Yeah, but it's sure fun to make fun of him. <laughs> My own daughter makes fun of me. Oh, what was the 80s like, dad? <laughs> what else didn't make a lot of money was this movie because here, here's why you dropped it in january 19th in 1990 why are you dropping this movie in january oh this is so dumb i was reading about this so they wanted to put it out in the fall yeah of course that's when you put Maybe out this around movie. halloween possibly yeah september or october you dipshits so i guess they wanted to do re so the test screenings came back really positive but I think like 90 something percent of the test screens got really pissed that Kevin Bacon and uh, Finn Carter, the girl in it, didn't kiss at the end or didn't get together. So they took time to do reshoots and then they took some more time to improve some of the ADR and then they didn't get it uh, done in enough time. So they ended up launching it in January. So they fucked up their own movie. I don't know. I know this is from a big studio too, Universal. I mean, I, I don't know if they're having problems with because I feel, you know, they screwed up the home video release of the second one. It's like they're shooting themselves in the foot on this franchise. It's almost like they do a lot of extracurricular activities that make them not think very straight sometimes. I guess. In Hollywood? I thought they were yeah. pretty much straight and narrow out there. I guess not. So. They're straight edge. Straight edge. Yeah. Well, the, the <laughs> thing that continues, <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> The thing that kills me about this franchise is they do so well on home video. Like you have such an easy kind of like, I guess they didn't figure it out until number three, what kind of cash cow they had for like the direct to video type of audience. 
but then I guess sci-fi took over it. But I think Universal still distributes it. So I don't know. Uh, I haven't really researched into who distributed the the final trilogy on this five, six, and seven. I maybe it was Universal. But anyway, all you got to do is release a fun monster flick to home video. You know, spend about ten million dollars, get like maybe one star in it. You've already got a great concept. I don't even know if the writers knew how good a concept they had with this. And then there you go. You make a ton of money because this was the most rented movie from 1990. And it was in top 10 of 1991. And then I forgot to mention this. Trimmers 2 was one of the most rented home videos in 1996. Did they understand home video market then? Because to us, grown up with them and it's a it's a hindsight thing. I don't think they did. But did they know what they were even dipping their toes into when they did this? I don't think a lot of companies really knew how much money they were going to make until like kind of like when Leprechaun, this is the movie, honestly, that let a lot of studios know that like, whoa, home video is no joke. Like if you make a good, not cheap, I don't want to use the word cheap, but if you make, if you make it a strong budget, but not crazy and release it a home video, it's going to make a lot of money. People are going to rent it. Because a lot more people will rent the movies than people that want to go to the theater. It's just like streaming right now. Yeah. Going to the theater was, you know, like, oh, I got to load the whole car up. I got to get everyone popcorn. You know, it's there's there's a time crunch. I love the theater. The fucking love it. But there was nothing better than getting off school or work mm -hmm. or whatever. Getting a pizza from Pizza Hut at the time. Renting a movie. Buying myself a two liter of Mountain Dew. I'm just going home and like just mm -hmm. watching some bullshit. It's so good. I I will always cherish cherish. Wow, I can't talk. I like savor the times when you know, like that that college era for me. You know, during my twenties when I used to go out with friends and then we'd go to like Steak and Shake or some diner afterwards and talk about mm -hmm. the films. It was just some of the best bonding because we all loved movies. We all you know obviously like to sit around and talk about movies. I mean, clearly look what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. I love that time period in my life. Uh, it yeah. got harder though. Like it got almost impossible to go to the theater when you have kids. Uh, maybe when my kids are older, it won't be so hard, but like right now it's, it's impossible. It's also hard. They cost money. It does, but there's enough movies right now for kids that are coming out too that aren't terrible. Like we've seen several now in the last year that have been like, at least stomachable to watch as an adult and you know like mm -hmm. pixar's got some uh what's the other well we just saw the puss in that one's been out of that one's on streaming now uh, most the shrek universe is so good, shrek though. universe is good um the new teenage mutant ninja turtles one is apparently really good that's already out on hbo yeah that's already out I, I i haven't watched that yet i'm really waiting for that new uh the last spider-man to come out. oh yeah i want to see that too yeah, i heard that's really good no matter how old your kids are it is difficult to see movies sometimes. I ask mm -hmm. him if he wants to see it. He says, no, I'm not going to the theater by myself. Yeah, see, I, I got past that stigma because or I don't know if it's a stigma for you, but for me, it was. I always felt super awkward. And then I just like, I don't give a shit anymore. I don't care. I want to talk to somebody about it on the drive home. I agree with that. That's the thing I miss. That's what sucks about going to the theater by yourself it, for me. It's not so much the awkwardness of being in the theater by yourself. It's like no one to talk to about it. Like sometimes I would call my brothers after I left on like a Sunday mm -hmm. just to talk to them about it. So but it sucked because if they wanted to see the film, I couldn't talk to them about it. Where are we all moving? I know we all need to just move <laughs> to a, a nice location. Well, I mean, in like two years, I'll be back in Kansas City, but that's still hours away from everybody. Yeah, Kansas City is a good like three hours away from me. Three I just, hours from me, too. Same thing now. I just flipped the triangle. Oh, that's actually Inverted actually. It. Yeah. Kansas City would be a much better spot for you. We could all just meet in Kansas City. <laughs> they got an Alamo there. I love Alamo. They do. That's not I, I never understand why St. Louis doesn't get something like that. But Kansas City got it. I'm not going to take it away from them. We can all just meet there. Let's go on to actually uh, <laughs> giving the quick facts in this movie. Uh, Brad, you want to do the? Do yeah, the um, we got the directed by Ron Underwood, screenplay by Brett Maddock and S.S. Wilson, story by Brett Maddock, S.S. Wilson and Ron Underwood, produced by Brent Maddock, uh, S.S. Wilson, uh, going down, uh, released on 19, January 19th, 1990 by Universal Pictures, running time 96 minutes, 
we got a budget of 10 million. A box office of only 16.7, which was quite a bit less than they were expecting to. And I want to break into this cast here. Starting off, we got Kevin Bacon as Val McKee, the handyman, jack of all trades. His partner, Earl Fred Ward, who's like 47 years old in this movie. So looking pretty jacked. We got Finn Carter. I think it's great, but she's only been in like five movies. You know that? No. Yeah, she was more of a TV series person. Yeah, that was that surprised me that she didn't do more. Then we got Reba McIntyre in her first role as Heather Gummer, Bert's wife. Oh, she's forgot great. Bert. Yeah. Well, she did a lot of acting after this, too. She's just been... Show business is her thing. She's a natural. She's such a sweet personality. Whenever you see her, she's... It's, it's nice. I like it. I think it's funny because I went to Rotten Tomatoes and I see an advertisement for The Voice and I find out that Reba's in The Voice. I'm like, oh, I guess Reba McIntyre's in The Voice. The singing show? Yeah. She knows a thing or two about that. Yeah. I get to, we have Michael Gross, Burt Gummer, who is, I would say, uh, muted in this movie. Not muted isn't the best word, but say subdued in this movie as far as like Burt that we're used to for the rest of this. We got uh, Bobby Jacoby as Melvin Plug. Melvin, who comes back in uh, Tremors 3. Mm-hmm. Local boy who constantly... I initially thought he was the kid who played the punk on Pee Wee, but he actually had been Matthew in Iron Eagle. He's an Iron Eagle? He's an Iron Eagle, yeah. Charlotte Stewart was Nancy Sterngood. The artist, not, not a huge role there. We got Ariana Richards as Mindy Sterngood, Nancy's daughter. And also not a huge role, but we do see her again in Jurassic Park, and then we see her in Tremors 3. Mm-hmm. But uh, then... Tony Gennaro, Marcus Wong, Marcus, excuse me, Richard Marcus, and Victor Wong playing Walter Chang. Victor Wong, just, you know, remember him from uh, The Golden Child and other things. Uh, just a charismatic, gross weirdo. I love him. He's so good. Yeah. I actually w- wish he could have survived a little bit longer in this film. Uh, he goes out pretty quick. Yeah. I was really bummed about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what we got. And I remember yeah, I was watching yeah. this movie and I was like, Remember in the nineties when smoking movies was cool? Everyone smoked and it was always cool. Yeah, it's still cool in my books, kids. I <laughs> I I wanna say, like, I don't know, it was definitely around like the pump fiction mid-90s. But like after that film, after that film, not pump fiction itself, but after that, I feel like kind of like the Independence Day type movies came in and maybe production studios were afraid because that's when I start to remember all the like the anti-drug ads well no the anti-drug ads probably came more in during the reagan but something during the clinton administration not saying that clinton's administration did this but around that time period is when it's like don't smoke kids it's bad for you and then movie production houses who are making these giant blockbuster films were like well we can't have people smoking in them parents will get mad at us they won't bring their kids i feel like that's when it happened i i don't know for sure you know i haven't done a a thesis on this but I, I swear that's when it happened yeah i don't really pay attention to it but i i do notice when i i i do appreciate when a character should be doing that kind of stuff is doing that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah i remember james cameron got a lot of flack because he had ripley in avatar smoking i just forgot her name it's sigourney weaver oh in the avatar movies yeah her character was you know like a scientist doing all this yeah. and she smoked and people got really upset about that. And he's like, that's her character. Sorry. Yeah. But James Cameron can do that. It also feels out of place if you think about Avatar, though. I know it feels really out of place. Like if people would have argued, it just seems out of place because, first of all, how would she even get, you know, like cigarettes? Are they even going to be available? Yeah. Have you flown with cigarettes? It changes the taste of them. They're awful. Is that real? Yeah, if you put them in your carry-on luggage, it's terrible. I, I spent like two weeks in New York, and I brought a carton of cigarettes, and it was awful. I have never heard that. That's yeah, kind of weirdly fascinating. If, if they, everything like freezes in your carry-on and pressurizes. It's all weird. Not carry-on, your stove, whatever that's called. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, like when they, they actually pack it themselves in the lower part of the plane. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, where are we at? We just read the cast. Uh, yeah, initially, I think this was called Land Sharks, wasn't it? Um, the guys I think that who, was the writing title. The There's writing title. no way. Uh, a pro- <laughs> Universal would never distribute this as Land Sharks. Yeah, it fits. Just, it, it sounds awful. 
<laughs> yeah, the concept was originally conceived in the 80s when the writers, uh, S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock, were working for the U.S. Navy as filmmakers for creating uh, educational videos. And they like were climbing on a boulder one day and they were asking themselves, like, what would happen? What if there was something that wouldn't let us off, let us off those rock? And then Tremors was born. I think it's so cool how some movies are made. Just some ideas happen. Oh, yeah. It's like people hanging out, doing other work, and then coming up with a concept. Uh, I don't think they ever thought they would get this made, though. I have a feeling. Because they were like, there's no way someone is going to pay us to make a Jaws ripoff monster film. As big as it was, too. It wasn't some uh, yeah. backyard camcorder project, either. This is like a full-blown movie. Well, the creature we know was designed by Amalgamated Dynamics. That's more of the full-scale graboid. Well, the creature effects in this are amazing. So let's move on to the trailer before we say anything else we regret. Here we go. Perfection. A scorched outpost in the middle. Look how cool that fucking truck is. I am to leaving this place right now. How close. Maybe I'll that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. They discover oil or is that sewage? Hey, hold up. <laughs> they just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. Who could be doing it? That a snake? I'll give you boy five dollars for this. Twenty. <laughs> how they get you they're under the ground what the hell are they? yeah and that's like a kudo ripoff too like... but where do they come from i vote for outer space no way these are local boys you see they're hated right force no richter scale can measure it they're coming no scientist can explain it Bert, they're under the ground you didn't get penetration even with the alpha gun. Run, run! And no one knows what to call it. Mega worms or suckers or, or suckoids. Now this valley is just one long smorgasbord. Now it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big mother. Who died and made you Einstein? And they know just what to do. Flip for it. Damn. Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. Tremors. Uh, awesome. Yeah, that's a good trailer. I have a confession to make. This is one of my top five, maybe top three all-time favorite monster films ever. I'm not going to argue with that. I watched this quite a bit in the 90s. We, we I rented it. We never actually owned this one, but it was on TV so much. And when, you know, also renting it. In fact, I remember one time one of my younger brothers getting mad at me. They're like, we've seen that like five times. I'm like, I don't care. It's five movies, five dollars for five days. I'm watching it. It's awesome. Back to nobody will understand what it was like back then to rent movies. Yeah, it was like so... you had to plan ahead. Three day weekends was such an event. Because like on Friday, especially because, you know, this is back in the 80s when our parents just left us alone. You know, when I was 10, like watch your brothers. You know, I was 10 and they're like eight. OK, because we couldn't afford a babysitter back then. Other than grandma, if she was busy. Oh, you know who was babysitting us? The baseball field and VHSs. <laughs> that was our babysitters. Your bike. That too. Well, that's how we got to the baseball field. We used to plan out our days and be like, all right. We got to leave at nine o'clock so everyone gets to sleep in a little bit because, you know, back then we used to wake up at like, I don't know, butt ass early because we lived so far away from school. We had to catch the earliest bus there was. Anyway, like we'll sleep in a little bit. We'll drive, play a little baseball, get back for lunch. Then we'll watch Aliens and Alien back to back. And did you make the plans before you were going to bed the whole time? Yeah, that was pretty just talking when you're supposed to be sleeping. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's what we did, too. I used to sneak out of my room and then go to my brother's room because they were on bunk beds. They were twins. Uh, and I used to like crawl on the floor, army crawl on the floor, which I'm sure because we were on hardwood floors. You know, my parents heard us just loud as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought I was the stealthiest motherfucker alive. I was like, hey, guys, 
I've got our plan for tomorrow. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, I know parents wouldn't care. If you guys were just being civil and talking about your day tomorrow, parents are just listening and they're they're just happy like, about it. Yeah, and they're like, like yeah, whatever. that's fine. I'll go to bed yeah. eventually. You're a parent. You know, you just realize, like, is my kid alive? Like, mission accomplished. I've done a good they're job. They're having fun and enjoying their life. All right. Yeah, and they're not being loud and causing trouble. <laughs> they're just being peaceful, thinking they're like the sneakiest people alive. <laughs> They'll never catch us. My son used to uh, sneak out to watch movies that we'd watch after he went to bed. And I'd like catch him just on the side of the couch from the hallway, just looking. But we didn't watch like safe kid movies. I'm not talking about like adult oriented. I'm talking like messed up horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually you'd see him like shiver and run back to his room. <laughs> like, well, he's going to have a nightmare tonight. Um, oh, boy. So this is that was my confession. You know, I just love this so much. It was such a part of my childhood. Uh, and, you know, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. I just love these two. I think it's so sad that we never got another Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward movie. It is good. I, I talked about how Christopher Garton was uh, Grady in the next movie. How he was fine as it. But like they are so much better together. Yes, Bacon and uh, Ward, but I mean, he he did fine in that film, but comparatively, no. Natural charisma between these two just yeah radiates off them. They just play off each other really well. So I like how this movie starts out. They show the big, the big canyon, and you know Fred Ward sleep or Earl sleeping in the back of the the pickup truck, and Val comes up there. He's like stampede, stampede. It's like, boy, I've been in a stampede. And he's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Two dudes in a 12-person town just trying to make money. Uh, yeah, I guess with them two, the rest would be 12. Yeah, because it's a population of 14. Which is nuts to me. Right? Like To, to actually know a town had 14 people in it. Mm-mm. Look at where they live. You want to live there? People thought it was crazy that my town that I grew up in at Gray Summit, like Gray Summit, Missouri... Uh, that's where Perina Farms is, people. Uh, mostly Perina Farms and, and Railroad and some creeks. But uh, I remember at one time, I don't know what it is now, but the population was like 300 something. And a lot of people, when I went to college, you know, outside of Chicago, they're like, what? Towns like that don't exist. I'm like, they do. I lived, I came from one. I was like, this. <laughs> I remember there was a, this whole thing, you know, oh man, this is a side tangent. This whole thing streams from like a professor asking everyone how large their hometown was. And then you could write it on the board. It was a brilliant way to break the ice. Yeah. Get people talking. And when I put mine up there, people, they didn't believe me. They thought I was joking or lying or stupid. And I'm like, well, I'm definitely stupid, but I'm actually telling the truth here. I've never said I was smart, but I can look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, and even like getting into this because like it sets up the whole town pretty quickly because we end up getting to Chang's grocery store and there's something great about this like small town all getting together at, like one grocery store, you know, you got the mom and the little girl who's always on the pogo stick and I was trying to figure out is her mom like an artist of some sort, like a clay artist of some sort. It seems seems fun. Yeah. And then, you know, you got like the doctor and his wife building a house out there. You've got the old drunk, which we never actually get. You know, he never has a, a word of dialogue. But then we've got like a, a goat farmer. Well, the drunks back in three that talk about him. That's that's where they make the potato gun. Yeah, that's his old place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I love throughout this movie when everybody's on top of everything. He's on top of his trailer. Yeah. Just standing there. <laughs> Well, and the old drunk, he's he climbs up like the electrical tower. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it Earl? No, wait. No, Earl's the main character. But who's? Oh, shit. What is the drunk's name? I forgot. I don't know. Maybe one day we'll get better at taking notes. Is it? No, no. Jim. That's the doctor. Howard's a road worker. Oh, whatever. It's it's old. It's it's the old drunken town. Uh, Well, Tom Woodruff Jr. is the graboid. Oh, I did not know that they had the puppeteers listed on the Wikipedia. It's on uh, IMDb. Or IMDb. Okay. 
Yeah, I know. It's pretty funny because I look at the Wicca the whole time and you look at the IMDb. I love it. The difference. Uh, I'm a picture kind of guy. I get it. I get it. Trust me, I get lost in all these words because, you know, they're hard. I can't fucking read, man. I ain't joking about this. <laughs> I can't read. I cannot read and like have a conversation with you guys at the same time. You see me fuck up all the time. Like if I eliminated all these words, I'd bullshit this whole thing and it would sound truthful. People would be like, well, he knows what he's talking about. Half of it would be made up. The difference is now I bumble and stumble and still half of it's wrong. It's not made up. It's just wrong. So we pretty much went through all the, uh, you know, like patrons here of uh, perfection, except the greatest one of all time, Chang, which we mentioned earlier, uh, kind of died early. So if you haven't seen this movie, why the hell are you listening to us? I'm not going to put a spoiler on here. Uh, Chang, I he's kind of like the central figure of like keeping this entire town together. He's, That's what I figured out. He's what I liked watching more mm-hmm. than anything. And then like. I forgot he dies so early. Yeah, he dies halfway through the film, right? About 45 minutes in. It's fucking right after shit starts. Yeah. I think he's the first. Well, no, he's not the first town person to die from it. But he's the first town person in that, like, central core. Of, like, Bert and his wife. And then you have the mom and the girl. He's the first town person that we care about. Yeah. And then you got Chang, which he has no family members, I noticed in this one. Uh, compared to number four, when there's several Changs, there's like three Changs, uh, and then we've got several. There's three. What? How do you say three other than three? I don't know. It just sounds funny. You're like they got there's, a big right. family. Everything I three. everything I sound says sounds funny. So we we've got Valentine Val, and we got Fred, and then well, Rhonda doesn't really count. She becomes part of the group, she, but she's kind of like an outsider who comes in, and then we've got. The kid, the annoying kid. Uh, uh, wow. On the pogo stick kid? No, not that. No, no Melvin. The 90s kid. Melvin, yeah. The guy that makes me think he's on uh, Goonies, but he isn't. Yeah, I could see that. Well, I mean, Brad said he was an Iron Eagle, which is still blowing my mind, right? Uh, and then we've got... I still love that line. He's like, you got to do something. Your impression. I hope you just... And just keep doing that voice forever. Just like always be Melvin. (laughs) Uh, And then we got two other towns, folks, which one comes back in number four, Miguel. But then we've also got this guy who's kind of the only jerk in town in a way, because I don't consider Bert a jerk. I just think he's very enthusiastic. But they're like, you know, the like one guy who like dies in the tire. I don't even know his name. When I, I've watched this movie twice in the last two weeks, and I don't remember the character's name, and he's just like one of these characters that are just there to die. The ones that don't matter, I, I, I have no idea who they are. But do you remember his face or anything? Oh, yeah, there's weird. like Nestor, Edgar, I think was the drunk, Jim the doctor. Wait, which one's Nestor? Nestor's like a dorky, skinny... Dude, it's not popping up photos of him as the character, but. Well, I'm wondering if Nestor is the guy I'm talking about. It's Richard Marcus. Yeah. Yeah, the local resident. That's right. Richard Marcus. Kind of looks like the professor. Yeah, Yeah, that's him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nestor. Yeah, Nestor is the guy that I've seen die twice through the tire in this. I just can't remember the guy at all. Even though he does have a characteristic, it's jerk. It's just like he's not jerky enough to become memorable. You, you live in a town of fucking 14 people. You're bound to forget someone. You'd figure you'd just be nice to people. Or you move to a town of 14 people because you don't want to be talked to. Well, I feel like if this movie was made remade today, someone in there would have to do something to sabotage the group. Because I feel like this group is so nice and they all help each other. It just doesn't make any sense in our like worldly landscape of social media and all, you know, everyone's got to be on some side of the, you know, uh, politics and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I think in reality, a town this small would all work cohesively together. But your reality skewed, mister. See, cool. I'm, I'm being the person who's going to sabotage you. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, somebody would have to sabotage and then the political, they'd have to have the wrong politics and yeah, some shit. 
And then we, in, instead of, you know how like Disney's always trying to make like the strong female character perfect and everything, but they always become preachy and let you know everything they can do is the same as men. Except this movie actually creates a character who just does shit. And you realize that Rhonda is like a badass, but she never preaches it to you. But they do make her lose more and more clothing as it goes on. Well, that's because this is written by men. I was also going to say that <laughs> we've talked about how you get movies like this as you have like one star and you release it. I will say a factor of movies back in the day was skin. If you get some shitty horror movie, some titties mm -hmm. and some blood, you've got a movie. Well, here's a factor into this. This was supposed to be rated R first. And then production companies got a little scared. They're like, even though the test groups and everything have been, you know, amazing. Let's, you know, because at one time they say Mother Humper. It was supposed I, to be I fucking love Mother Humper. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's supposed to be more gore with like the sheep and like some of the deaths. In fact, they even cut one death altogether. <clears throat> Apparently there was like an elderly woman with a dog and both of them get eaten. Yeah, and they cut, cut the entire scene out. You can cut that one. <laughs> but I guess they like rip apart the woman and they're like, oh, eh. as long as they eat the oh, dog. Oh, no, they eat the dog too. They eat the dog too. Off screen? I don't know. But then we haven't talked about like how this movie starts yet, really, even. About like they're trying to leave the fucking town. I don't know why they decide to just leave the town and grab the vacuum. And pile everything into there because they're their, tired their, of making next to cool no money truck again. Another cool yeah. truck. Well, I think the whole point was, you know, Earl always comes up with a plan or same thing with Val, but Val's never thinking. Ahead. No, Earl comes up with the plans and Val's is never thinking ahead. You know, he's like the young, rebellious one just acting on impulse. And then you have Earl, the like older, wiser one, which is funny because he's the one still in the shitty predicament of living in a small town, you know, barely scraping by. Or he's got the sense to like channel a young man's energy. He's like, I don't have that energy anymore, but I'll help you go with it. Another characteristic of Val is he's young and he only wants like a young blonde bombshell. Yeah, he's like blonde, green eyes, five two. He's got this whole list of women. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you will have world class breasts and ass that don't quit. Yeah, like he wants like Pamela Anderson, and uh, you know that's kind of like. Earl kind of nudges him towards, you know, the college student who's there to study seismology, which, you know, another thing about this that we didn't explain is, is Earl and Valentine, when all these people end up, you know, we find them all dead. I love how they're just like, God, there's a killer on the loose cutting people up. That's what I was saying. We, we haven't discussed this because it's all jaws, like uh, tongue in cheek. You just see kind of things. So they tried to leave town. And they find the dude, the drunkard, up in the uh, tower. They drive him all the way back, find out he died from dehydration. Mm -hmm. They try to leave again, and then they find some shit on the road that makes him stop for the, the goat farmer, which I think is a good scene. The guy just gets swallowed. And then they go over there and see just his face sticking out of the sand. And uh, then they go back to town and tell those road workers... They're like, get out of here. Somebody's killing people. And they're like, you fucking idiot. Nobody's doing anything. They're just pulling our train. And one of the cool scenes is when they drag the jackhammer away. The, the graboids do. And then they die. And they find that after they try to leave again. And then they finally come back. They're just going away back to town. Going away back to town. Going away back to town. And I think I, I like that. I think it, it it's it's pretty cool. One of a, a bunch of really great visual gags to like save the the reveal of the monster. Because mm -hmm. I think one thing this movie has is it has such a great reveal of the monster because we have, you know, like when they're running at one time, the pins, the 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 fence posts are being broke up. We have the mm -hmm. jackhammer that you just saw. We have shots of like POV in the dirt where the monster's traveling through. Like all these great visual gags to save the monster reveal. And I don't think the monster reveal comes to about like 30 minutes in and it like pops up in front of Earl and Val. 
and smashes down with his mouth coming open with all like all the tentacles. It's such a great reveal. Yeah. I guess originally the creators and everything said that they wanted to market this movie like it was a set a slasher and then surprise everyone that it's a giant worm. And then Universal said, absolutely no way. The entire selling point is a giant worm killing people. Yeah, I could I could see that at first until he gets sucked under and you just see his face. Mm -hmm. But like it is very whodunit kind of killer setup. Very Joss. Another visual gag I forgot to mention, I just need to get this out of the way, is like when the car, the the woman's in the car, like the the doctor or whatever gets sucked under by the trimmer, and then the car gets sucked under, and the group, I think Val comes and like brushes the dirt off because they hear the radio of the car mm-hmm. still on with the lights on. Like, that's so great. I forgot I I forgot about that. They're talking about fixing their roof. When the car was going down, you could see the uh the headlights like flashing back and forth in like an animation because you could tell it was animation for a second. That's great. It's such a great visuals in this. I mean, and then basically the film is like the group gets back together in the center of town to figure out what's doing. Well, they know now what's doing it because the first one dies when Earl and Val are stuck and they're running and they run into this like, I don't know, I, I guess it's a, a, a a giant canal to yeah, a giant canal with water and it's, it, it can't sense that concrete's there and it smashes into the concrete. And then Rhonda comes up and goes, Hey guys, what's going on? And then sees a, you know, a big dead tentacle. And then they kind of like release the, the dead uh, yeah. graboid. He digs all the way to the back and he's like, look at how fucking big this is. <laughs> yeah. Did you see how small a shovel was? Yeah. It's a teeny tiny shovel. Yeah. She breaks the news to him like, well, there's three more of these things based on my science measurements. Yeah, because they're like, oh, you got it. And she's like, wait, it's impossible. At 5 p.m. there was three disturbances miles away from each other. I love those graboids. One thing about those those creatures, those little snake creatures that come out of their mouths. Those are terrifying. I grew up around horses when I was younger, and those, those things terrifying. look like horse dongs. You <laughs> <laughs> fucking weirdo. I will. I will say something about the graboid head and the tongues we forgot to mention in two is where Bert has one mounted in the basement. Oh, that's right. And he's sitting in his underwear, like surrounded by trash, drinking beer on the phone. Like, yeah, life's going great. <laughs> Doesn't he have an entire he, he's got the graboid head too, just like, yeah, the entire head and yeah. teeth and everything. And they're probably the one that fell out of the ledge and smashed. Well, I, I imagine it was the one that they shot up in his record. I thought it was the one that. Maybe that could have been the one. I, that's what I would assume. But it's the one that, that dropped out of the cliff. We are bad at this sometimes. People will message me on Instagram about things that we completely forget about. We're doing four of them, and now maybe we'll catch some of the shit from the other ones we've missed. What I tell people, and, and I find this out from other podcasters, is when you listen to a podcast, you have the ability to stop and think. Oh, I've sc- I screamed at you so many times before I was on this. And, and you have the ability to pick like one thing that they got wrong that you have to catch. Like when you're going on this and you're talking and you're going on an adventure, if you have kids and your dads and everything and you don't have like unlimited time to study this, you forget shit. It just like comes out of your mouth. You're like, that's wrong. It's not even that, man. It's also, yeah, we don't have time to study. But I mean, like it's sit at a bar with your friends and talk about a movie. There's going to be shit like we talked about heavy metal and somebody contacted me about the soundtrack. And I was like, yeah, we completely missed that one. It is tight. But it's just like we forget we 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 were just going. We talked about the soundtrack in text and then we'll just miss shit as we're yeah. going. So it's like you watch like Wheel of Fortune. You're like, how the hell could you miss that? You know, that's it, so easy. It's fucking a dollar ninety nine, Susan. We do miss stuff all the time. And then we and when we find things that aren't real we just make it up because because <laughs> yeah. because facts aren't real here i don't like reading <laughs> a fact-free zone as brad says well what are we gonna talk about that grad student her teeth were so perfect they didn't even look real yeah i have to take your word on that one i don't even remember her teeth that that is a thing in movies though it's it's becoming more prevalent you know, with everybody getting veneers and stuff like super pearly white straight teeth is very off-putting to me this is so funny uh so i think it was 
a friend at work who listened to our podcast and they mentioned, hey, your one friend doesn't like straight teeth. And I'm like, no, no, he just doesn't like fake teeth. But I knew it was you. I knew it was you right <laughs> no, away. I don't, I don't really like straight teeth. It's fucking weird. And it's it's shows that you've been you grew up rich. I don't really. I don't know how to feel about that. Mine are pretty OK. Oh, yeah. Yours look great yeah, from pretty normal. Far. But you, you say yours, are, yours are just as fucked up as mine. So it's just like, oh, okay. Well, you know, Mad Max, that series had people with fucked up teeth, and it was great. Yeah, it's believable. It's so, it was so weird seeing people with like normal, you know, messed up teeth and not perfect teeth. It's this is weird. I don't know. But have have you ever watched? God damn it, The Mockingjay. She shoots things with a bow and arrow. Oh, the Hunt, Hunter's Game. Hunting. Hunger Games. Hunter, Hunger Games, Hunger Games yeah. which is a much better early Hunting Japanese <laughs> movie called uh, Battle Royale. If you haven't watched it, watch it. I've heard but, of it, yeah. Yeah. So in that, I could understand if like the poor class didn't have perfect teeth and like the upper echelon of like rich did, mm-hmm. that would make sense. But when you have people that live in like abject poverty their entire lives, having straight veneers that are all like white and everything it's just it's just weird looking yeah we all grew up mostly in the 90s when like orthodontists came in and then everyone's you know in the 90s 2000s everyone gets their teeth fixed people will go into debt to get their their kids teeth fixed i just miss ugly people in movies i do too i want pretty ugly people like just you don't have to be like stellar just you know just be normal in movies. well it's funny too like when i see miguel in this and i saw miguel in number three there's something about like movies need more miguel's just a dude like he's so like visually characteristic he he's just like you know a mexican dad who's i don't know why the hell he's there by himself but they're just like miguel you live by yourself and we're gonna pick you you're a great character actor and i love miguel this town of 14 this is where you live yeah you're really gonna like it here well and then the rest of the town does make sense is you like you got a bunch of whiteies out in the middle of you know new mexico nevada nevada not new mexico but um i'm I'm thinking about breaking bad whoops (laughs) you know you you've got a bunch of and then you just throw in chang out of nowhere who has like the most profitable business in there i would say well, it, 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 we find out it was handed down from generation to generation. That's true. That's true. Oh, and then and then his uh, niece or whatever takes over it in number three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is correct. I do love how these are the same creators over and over in this series. But you know what? Adds continuity. Yeah. Like they bring things back all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the like the old man who died, who had a junkyard in this one. And then they bring him back in number three. Uh, we didn't actually talk about Ron Underwood, the director for this, who Ron Underwood kind of just like rejected the second one. He didn't want to do it even when it was a big budget. And he, he did. He did go on to somewhat a decent career. I mean, he went on to City Slickers, which was really popular from what I remember. And then there's the Heart and Souls movie. That was the Robert Downey Jr. one. City Slickers is really good, but I have no desire no. to watch it again. But then he goes on to like Speechless, Mighty Joe Young, The Adventures of Pluto Nash, which is you probably killed his entire career. Uh, I think Pluto Nash is probably his best. Oh, I just saw that um, Ron Underwood actually was the executive producer of Tremors 2 Aftershocks. I wonder if that was just like one of those. Can we please just get your name on this? I wonder if he actually was a real producer on this. I don't know. Just producing shit. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, get on back to the story. Sorry, Ron Underwood, you did a great movie, but uh, you're not that interesting to talk about. <laughs> so we've, we've got them all trying to figure it out on top of like Chang's after Chang dies. They all crawl on top of the which is very sad, by the way. I don't want to skip over the, the fucking old antique like refrigerator that you buy ice cream out of mm-hmm. just starts going off and they have to pull it out from the wall. There's so much in this film to discuss, like when they all get to the roofs and everything and they're all trying to talk i fucking love this scene they're all trying to talk to bert like bert bert they're coming from underneath the ground and bert's like uh check your channel i've got you on whatever and they're all yelling and and reba mcintyre turns on like the i forget what that call like where you put the bullets in the sand and it mixes around i i I forgot what that's called the tumbler the tumbler thank you 
I'm sure there's someone out there who makes their own bullets. They're just like, Jesus, Steve. I work with some of those people. I hear I hear it. Yeah. So it turns it on, which attracts the graboid, and then it smashes through the wall, and it has one of the greatest cinematic scenes ever. They would be deaf, by the way. Anyone out there who's big into shooting, they would be deaf, right? Yeah. In a concrete, like, barricaded structure with none of that sound being able to escape. Yeah, I think Brad shot more guns than either of us has in our life. Uh, how do you feel about that? I typically wore ear protection, so... Well, yeah, anyone who has a chance to think would, but I mean, they were on the range. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've shot some guns and even had ear protection and you still kind of like, oh, like this, like yesterday I was uh, taking a splitter and I, I split like a big piece of wood so I could cut up the rest of my wood. The splitter hitting goes beep, like when it went all the way through the log. And that for one second made my ears go. I can't even imagine firing all these, you know, like an elephant gun. I have tinnitus and that shit sucks. I couldn't imagine the elephant gun in the the bunker bunker. Yeah, we'll just call it a bunker. Yeah, I have tinnitus too. So, yeah, it does suck. Every once in a while, I, I don't I guess I don't wear ear protection enough on certain things I do, like with the chainsaw or whatever. Every once in a while, I hear like me. Yep. Yeah, tonight is have fun, bud. <laughs> imagine that. Imagine that all the time. Yeah, it's really wonderful. You get yeah. used to it. It's like what? What is going on? <laughs> Look around. Everybody out there, uh, you're not too cool for your protection. No, you should do it. Uh, I mean, when I fire, which hasn't been often, but when I fire, I always have that. But I swear, when I do like loud things and I'm not thinking, I just start doing them. Like, oh, I'm gonna chop up this wood. I just wear your protection. I got earplugs in my toolbox at work and I always forget to grab them. Uh, yeah. Impact guns in a enclosed space are pretty loud. Yeah, they're not good for those. Always forget. Nature didn't protect, you know, nature didn't prepare us for that shit. Uh -uh. Also didn't prepare us to stare at computer screens for 12 hours a day. I'm actually wearing my blue, uh, my blue protection glasses as we do this. This is, this is pretty off the rails nonstop. Uh, one of our computers uh fucked up and we had to reset uh we're uh, longest episode ever <laughs> we're trying to get back on but we, we this is a great movie this normally we would go you know normally we'd go off the rails on like a crap movie but this is a great movie, it's really so. good yeah it's really good maybe too good uh let's let's go on to them trying to escape the actual town i do love how they're like okay every truck has been taken out by the trimmers and they keep preaching that these tremors are getting smaller. Graboids are getting smarter. I do love that throughout this series, they bring up multiple times that these things grow in intelligence. Yeah, two of them are taken out by dynamite right away, and the other one's like, mm, yeah, I no, I know what that is now. I don't want it. Well, and another Graboid's like ripping apart Chang's a building one by one so he can get them to fall through the roof, and so he can mm -hmm. grab them. Or she, I don't know what they are. And... They bring that back in number four, by the way, the prequel, where they rip yeah. out the floorboards and get them. So you have this. They take out all the trucks. So they're like, oh, well, why don't we just grab the tractor? Like, oh, the tractor's really slow. All right, we'll just pull something. So they go after Bert and his wife have killed the Graboid. They travel all the way up in this in this really slow tractor, but it's kind of like just, you know, like a moving convoy, you know, like nothing's going to take it out. An armored convoy. I think they even call it at one time. I don't care. Take, take me four hours to get to the next town. If I survive, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And the funny thing is, as soon as they stop, they mention this too. Every time we stop, this graboid goes underneath us and tries to take it, you know, tries to like move the tractor and kind of like flip it or fuck up the dirt enough where they can't get traction. Yeah, and it digs that pit eventually. Yeah, it's it's great. It's like it's it's such a like little bitty chess match that they got going on. So the whole group kind of gets stranded by rocks. And luckily, Bert has well, Bert and his wife have created all these bombs that they made from, you know, their home. I don't know what, what it was from. PVC and gunpowder is what it looks like. Well, and he also said at one time, like, he's just like household chemicals that everyone's got lying around. And I was like, that looked like you're pouring gunpowder in those. I don't know. Yeah, it just about. looks like some 4chan bullshit. Yeah, so I don't know. But Heather and Bert make all these bombs. And then the great thing about this film is, like, when they start fishing, I wish we got more of this. We only get, like, 
a few fishing. The first fishing one works. The Graboid takes it under and explodes. But then they get Stubby, which is the one Graboid tentacle that Val ripped off with the truck at the beginning. Well, about 20 minutes. Well, they tried to pull them under. Yeah. Yeah. And so Stubby's kind of like how we know who the smart one is or the one trying to get revenge on them or both. Kind well, of the same thing as the, the great white whale that it is in the third one. It's like you get they they make one that's like a stubborn guy in the third one also. Man, I'll take your word for it. I haven't seen tr- I haven't seen Jaws three and four in a really long time. I said Tremors three. Or I mean Tremors. Yeah, uh, the albino one. Yeah. Uh, we just watched these. No, I, I thought you said Jaws, like the one of them was stubborn. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. The great white see. whale, the the albino. Mm-hmm. That tracks him through his watch. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, kind of like Bert's best friend, which we never throughout the series. I don't think we ever hear about Mr. Albino anymore. They must just pretend like that one didn't exist. That's a shame. Then again, I haven't seen six and I I've watched seven and I don't remember anything about it. It's, it's not that great. Mm, it's probably why I don't remember it. Plus, it it happened during covid and like, ugh, I don't know, everything. Yeah, I, I, that's I, one yeah, we get them. They fish the one out. They kill it. The second one spits the bomb out, which lands on top of all the other bombs and explodes. So they're down to one explosive that luckily Val grabbed. Fucking perfect throw. I mean, it just spits it out and lands on all the entire bag of explosives. Amazing. But you're talking about that. They they run away. And uh, Bert's like, what? what? Why'd you go all the way out there? Yeah. <laughs> but they're they're out on the desert, like uh, the three main characters. So yeah, Rhonda, Val, and Earl. The the Graboid jumps up in front of Val and Earl and then goes down and they, they think it's good to run, but the thing's just sitting there waiting for him. Well, and then Rhonda runs out there too because she's got the lighter. Well, no, that's when they book ass. Val gets the idea and just starts running and then Earl chases. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the lighter and she realizes it's in her pocket and she's like, I got it. Yeah, and basically Val like cuts down the the cannon uh, lighter fuse, which I do love. Someone just goes, why do you have, what was it? A cannon fuse and goes, so I can fire my cannon. <laughs> what the hell do you use that for? My cannon. <laughs> like who, who doesn't have a cannon. Yeah. I am. There's certain points in this movie where I really think they should have figured out that Bert was their star. I think they, they did. Yeah. Well, I don't think they really figured it out until halfway during the second one where they're like, is Bert the star? No, I I think after this one, they realized it. The next one, they bring him in as like a knight in shining armor. That's true. All right. Yeah, he is a main character eventually in the next one. It's it's the point where people are supposed to cheer when they call him. Yeah. Well, if you were watching, if you were watching the second one in like a bar where like everyone's paying attention to the movie, when Bert would come on screen in that giant truck, everyone would cheer. Yeah. Because he's that character. Uh, everyone gets motivated and like pumped up. Yeah. But uh, another thing that gets your heart pumping is when Val goes, I got a plan. And he's running with that bomb. And then they're all running, you know, straight towards the the cliff at the end. And they throw the bomb with the short fuse. But he overthrows the, the Graboid. And they all dive to the side. Val waits to the last second dives and then the trimmer goes right off the cliff. Yeah, because it... stampede. Yep. And it calls back. The cliff and the stampede. Yep. This script and this edit is very tight. It is a quick, I don't know, like 95 minute film or something like that. I don't, there's hardly any fat on it. And whatever fat there is, it's used to like grow characters and have character development. It's, it's quick. Uh, once you get past like uh, the beginning where it's all, not tongue in cheek or whatever, but you know what I mean? It's like playing coy. Mm-hmm. Once it, it starts going, it, it flies by. Yeah. This movie should have been a giant hit in the theater. And I think it's sad that like the series that they made off this in the early two thousands didn't survive. The trailer's not good. Watch the trailer without seeing the movie. It's not a great trailer. Yeah. I, d- I don't, I'm assuming they just had a really hard time. F- well, fuck. Well, first of all, they fucked up the timing. Of when this came out. And second, I just don't think they knew how to to market this. And then third, this is kind of like the perfect direct to video movie slash streaming. Like, I remember when they came out with the new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix. 
even though I didn't like the film that much. We both watched it the same day, yeah. Even though I didn't like the movie that much, the marketing for it and the like launching it, how they did Netflix, it was just like perfect. So many people watched that film on the launch. And I feel like you could do that with this type of film. And I, I feel like a good streaming service get this series and make something of it. I I think, but it would have to be a limited series. You know, you I, I don't think you could do like three or four or five seasons. Eight or ten episodes. Yeah, max. And then have something fun with it. Kind of like a relaunch of it. But I just don't think it's going to happen. No. Because I know they tried one with Kevin Bacon and himself and it just failed. Like they did like a pilot for it and no one picked it up or something. I don't know much about it. I never researched it. I just knew it happened and it just didn't do well. I mean, the Dark Crystal flopped. So who knows? Yeah, Netflix spends a fortune on that. So I never thought that would flop. Yeah, it happens. Sometimes there's stuff you love that just the general public just goes on it. We'll go on to recommendations on this because we pretty much explained the entire thing. Uh, You know, maybe spent like. 70% 70% of this podcast on trimmers, 30% on our bullshit. So let's go on to recommendations. <laughs> yeah. Chris, I don't know why. I'll just let you go first. Do you recommend trimmers? Yeah, yeah. I recommend it. Of course. Like I, I think two's funner, but I think one's a better film. And I like that you used a gooder English with funner. Esto muy more funno. That's gooder Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brad, how about you? Do you recommend? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. This is a classic horror comedy throwback to the 50s. Um, you know, not only do I recommend it, I know Ebert recommends it and Siskel at first didn't, but then he a couple years later changed his mind on it and said, this is actually really good. Smart Siskel. It is. It's awesome. If Siskel I likes it, it. I mean, it's good. I recommend you watch it. I recommend you own it just in case, you know, your your Wi-Fi goes out and you can't get it on a streaming service. You should own it. What's wrong with you? Thumbs up. Trimmer is a fun movie. Damn right. Roger Ebert. Fiscal and Ebert. In the tradition of the 50s horror movie, Tremors is bound to become a classic. That is from Richard Schickel, Time, Mag- Time Magazine. Siskel? Siskel? Fiskel? Boskel? S C H I C K E L. Ah, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy, that guy. Let's go on to the museum. We all love it. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our final movie in our trimmers wing of the museum. Can I go first? Can I just yes. do it? Yeah. Can I do it? Oh, my God. Those tentacles when they're like flopping around and, and Bert and Reba are shooting them. Oh, my God. The horse cocks. That's right. Horse cocks with the uh, with claws. Brad's got to ruin this shit for so many people. <laughs> Heather and Bert are shooting the fuck out of those horse cocks. That's what I'm telling you. That is one dead worm. And I love that scene. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite top 10 of all time. Okay. All right, Brad, you can go second. Uh, okay, Chris, you can go. No, second. Chris, you take it. I got to go back. I got to circle so, back to this one. I, I'm going to step out of the movie. For a sec, because we've done four of these, right? We've done yep. the series, and there's seven. Mm-hmm. And there's one actor that's been in all of them. It's Michael Gross. What I want you to do is go to imdb.com. Look at the cast. Look at his photo. That sweet man has been staring at me for a month now. <laughs> and that's what I want to take away from this film. He does seem like a really, really nice man. He's grown on me. I really enjoy this guy. I know I'm at the point now is like, I wish we had more Michael Gross films. Just win the lot. <laughs> we started on this journey where it's like, I wasn't going to be thinking like a month later, like, you know what? We really need more Michael Gross. I really do. Now, looking at like his, like what he's done, it's nothing really that I'm interested in other than the Tremor series. Someone once told me that he does a lot of Christmas films. It sounds like a whole lot of, oh, he's in How I Met Your Mother. He's in three episodes. Psych. Tim and Eric, awesome show. Parks and Rec. So he's in good good TV, but the movies. More Michael Gross. That's what everyone needs to know. Okay, here's my museum item. 
the original working title land sharks oh okay <laughs> this is such a good movie and me and you took the stupidest fucking museum articles we could. well I, i'm imagining in our wing of this you know like trimmers in the museum you've got like the original script over there to the right what it just says land sharks and it has like all the scenes that were cut in it and you can like read through the script and they have it highlighted of what's not in it and then you look over to the left and you see just like a ridiculous montage of michael gross and that's like kind of like chris's of it and then you just see mine right in front horse cock with like <laughs> with spikes coming getting out of shot. It. Just, just getting the horse cock just getting shot i hell. think our downloads are getting lower after this one <laughs> well i mean we got rid of our own sponsor <laughs> was right i mean we can't even Another run humpers. a pyramid scheme right fuck <laughs> We killed that mother humper. This has been a really fun franchise to go through backwards, which I will never do again because it's very difficult. Oh, I'm but, fine with it. But yes, fun to do it once. It's hard. Yeah, fun to do it once. I'm glad we did it one time. Maybe you watch them in chronological order, then you review them backwards. Yeah, that might be smart. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, Brad. Where were <laughs> you five weeks ago? Make that suggestion then. <laughs> we're ready to go on our tremors journey which i'm glad we did chris plug our social medias facebook group it's analog drones temple of film we have an instagram analog drones tof we have a gmail account analog drones tof uh send brad your favorite favorite horse cocks <laughs> and uh that's it i i just want to re-say that uh analog jones tof gmail.com uh at brad and then horsecock there we go okay <laughs> and at that note thank you for joining us for the first four trimmers in this halloween franchise review we always love to do it my kid is going to be dressed up like a dragon scaring everyone and brad's visuals of horsecocks with spikes will be scaring you so happy halloween everyone and remember to be kind rewind rewind kind of Fucking burn your house down, Brad. Yeah.